JM and the AM on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Nathan Diamond is with us. He is the executive director for the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. And many of you are aware of the fact that there were many Supreme Court decisions that came out yesterday. One of them, very important to our community, and Nathan Diamond is frankly an expert at a lot of this, but certainly regarding the Supreme Court ruling of yesterday. Nathan Diamond, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning. It's always great to be with you. Appreciate that. The OU, the nation's largest Orthodox Jewish umbrella organization, has officially applauded the United States Supreme Court's ruling declaring unconstitutional the state of Maine's policy that prohibits parents from using state tuition assistance payments at religious high schools. The ruling is in the case of Carson versus Macon, with the majority opinion 6-3, to three, authored by Chief Justice Roberts. Nathan Diamond, was this a surprise or was this expected? Uh, given the current makeup of the court, I would say it was not a surprise. Uh, we were pretty confident, um, that the court was going to go our way. Also in light of, uh, this is the third time in five years that the Supreme court has been addressing this kind of issue, this category of issue about can, can government programs, government funding programs choose to exclude religious institutions if they otherwise qualify. What happened the first so two is, times around? So the first time uh, did not involve schools. It involved a, a program in Missouri uh, in which the state provided money to make safety improvements to children's playgrounds. And a church applied for that money. And Missouri said, we won't give you that money because you're a church. Right. And the Supreme Court there, actually seven to two, uh, said, you can't do that. You can't, you know, the church is qualified and there's nothing religious about making playgrounds safe. So, um, so you have to give them the money. Then, uh, more then the second case, uh, was an education case from Montana. They have a, they have a, a, a state tax credit, uh, that incentivizes people to give money to, to scholarship school scholarship funds. And Montana said, you can't take the money from those scholarship funds to go to religious schools. And the Supreme Court struck that down. Um, but that might have been a little bit different than the case for Maine because that was that was done through a tax credit and it wasn't the government directly spending the money. So that brought us to this case in which Maine has large areas of its state, rural areas where they don't have public schools. They right. don't it doesn't pay for them to build public schools. So in those rural areas, they give money to the parents. They say, go send your kid to a private school. Right. Oh, but not a religious private school. <laughs> right. um, so, so here, the, again, the, the, so the court continued this line of cases and said, you can't do that. That's, that's discriminating. And, and so the key thing here is, unlike the playground safety and unlike the Montana tax uh, credit structure, this is the government basically directly funding religious education. There is a parental choice involved, but it's basically the government directly funding religious education um, within the framework of a broader program 
that is not specifically about funding religion. Right. Nathan Diamond is with us. All right. So, you know what? I mean, there are a couple of things here that uh, we're curious about. One uh, is what every parent now wants to know. How does this affect uh, their own tuition payments? How does this affect the way uh, yeshivas are able to operate in terms of being funded uh, with government money at this point? Does it apply to all 50 states? How does it work legally? What can you tell us about how this practically applies to our families? Sure. So first of all, because it's a United States Supreme Court decision, it, it's the law of the land from Alaska to Florida and everywhere in between. Um, um, and and again, what, what it, the, the principle that it stands for is that if the government decides in the education space or frankly in any other space that it's going to do things, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give out money or fund things not through government agencies, right, but somehow outside, which governments often do, it can't say, but not religious. Um, so, but going to the education and going to the education context, um, this dovetails very well with a lot of things that we at OU Advocacy and our Teach Coalition partners have done at the state level. You know, in New York, for example, um, where where we started a program a few years ago in which New York State is funding math and science teachers at non-public schools. This absolutely solidifies that as being constitutional, right? The, the New York state decides we're paying for math and science teachers. They can, at non-public schools, they can't say, but not the religious schools. Right. Um, or similarly in New Jersey, right? If New Jersey is going to provide school nurses to all schools, including non-public schools, they can't say, but not the religious schools. Um, now to be clear, uh, you know, chief justice Roberts in his opinion actually says, you know, the state still has a choice as to whether or not it's going to fund non-public schools. The state could say, we only fund public schools. We don't do anything in the private school space. But once the state decides to do, to do something in the private school space, it cannot exclude religious schools. Interesting. So once they've drifted into the private school arena, everybody is included. It's as simple as that. Right. Right. Uh, otherwise, and now it's you know this this now turns this now turns our efforts uh, not that we haven't been there already again to the to the you know advocacy to you know the political branches the governors the legislatures Congress um, to expand those areas where um, the government is doing things in the non-public space right you and right. I talked I think uh, six months ago about a new program we created. Uh, at the federal level, which we're still waiting for them to implement, but um, a program to provide grants to nonprofit institutions to make their buildings more energy efficient. Right. Right. If somebody said, oh, that's great, but synagogues and churches can't get those grants because they're religious. Right. This Supreme Court decision says, no, 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 that's not right. You have a program here that's helping nonprofits. You can't say only secular nonprofits. Right. Nathan Diamond speaking to us about one of yesterday's Supreme Court decisions. Uh, now, in the headline of the OU's press release on this decision, uh, again, the OU applauding the decision, which we understand and certainly appreciate, uh, the quote is, this is the culmination of decades of determined advocacy. And you just alluded to that uh, a few minutes ago in terms of the uh, work that's been done over all these decades. How would you describe the progression 
from the beginning of this process till now? Were, were, were we facing uh, a, uh, and again, assuming on the, uh, working on the assumption that everybody is happy with this decision, who's listening, were we working, <laughs> were we working uh, you know, an upstream battle decades ago because the court was, you know, had a certain makeshift or because the, there was a general atmosphere in this country against drifting into that private school arena, as you described earlier? Are we just in a, a different time now? Or all the advocacy, all the efforts over all these decades has shifted uh, the minds and opinions of so many over that period of time? Well, that's a great question. And what's, what's interesting is I, I would actually say there are sort of two tracks uh, or streams to answer your question. One is what was going on you know, in the, in the world of the Supreme Court and its, and its decisions and advocacy. And one actually was what was going on in the Jewish world. Um, and so in the Supreme Court, um, you know, in the, in the 60s and 70s, you really had, you know, what, what was called the Warren Court, when Earl Warren was the chief justice, and they made, there was a lot of liberal progressive decisions. They really uh, embraced this notion of, they characterized it as, you know, we have to have a wall of separation between church and state. Right. And while, while it was never an absolute 100% rule, there were always exceptions, that was really, you know, the, the framing of the Supreme Court. And you had them straight. I mean, New York once had, New York in the 60s passed a program um, to provide schools with private schools with money to, uh, to maintain or make repairs to their buildings. And in 1969 or so, the Supreme Court struck that down. Um, and you had a whole bunch of cases like that in the 60s and 70s. Um, but then there was a turn in the 80s and the 90s and now, you know, sort of culminating in the last decade in, in the Supreme Court saying, no, 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 you know what? It's not the, the First Amendment uh, where it says the government cannot, quote unquote, establish religion. That's, that should not mean the government has to disfavor religion. Right. The government has to be neutral. And we've shifted much more back to that. But the other interesting track was going on in the Jewish community in the 60s and 70s, and even more recently, um, you had, you know, national Jewish organizations like the Anti-Defamation League, like the American Jewish Congress, um, that were really seen as the the voices of the American Jewish community, and they were the, at the front line of pushing for this strict separation of church and state and no government funding for religious institutions under any circumstances. And uh, I actually might write an essay about this. If you look at the historical record, there was really a break uh, uh, going back to the 70s. This is where, you know, uh, pioneers of Orthodox Jewish advocacy like Nathan Lewin, like Marvin Schick, like Moshe Scherer at A Good of Israel, they, they, they really realized, like, this is not serving our community and this is not serving our values. And they broke away, so to speak, from what was the establishment secular American Jewish view about this separation of church and state and started us down this road in which um, the OU was a participant as well and is now a leader of this more accommodating approach well, based- and is now culminated you know in this, in these kinds of rules yeah based on the time based on the personalities you just mentioned we are talking in fact about decades it's no exaggeration when you talk exactly. about talk about decades long advocacy and that we've been able to to reach this point uh, and I think there was exactly. a hesitation I mean again uh, politics aside and party lines aside I think there was a hesitation 
uh, even among those who wanted to um, uh, to see uh, you know more of a cooperation of government uh, with the you know the private school system uh, in those days, there was a hesitation because there was a, a a certain level of discomfort of going to Washington and advocating for it, and I think that that also has dissipated over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Now, uh, based on a tweet that I saw, or at least one of the tweets that uh, popped up um, uh, when I Googled your name this morning, uh, it seems that you and Maury Litwack, uh, who has also been a leader in this area, as you mentioned, um, uh, have actually uh, uh, written a uh, an op-ed about all of this that happened yesterday in the Supreme Court. Tell us the theme. I mean, I would assume a lot of it is the same messaging that you're giving us this morning, but tell us the theme of that uh, article, please. Yeah, so a, a lot of that is what I just mentioned from sort of a legal analysis. But but one of the other themes of this is that uh, for a broader audience is to realize that this is a cause, um, you know, what I would call the fair treatment of religion. Right. This is a cause that actually unites us with other faith communities. Right. Um, the, the, the advocacy effort I just described was not done, certainly not done by the Orthodox community in isolation. Um, there have, it's, it, it's, you know, it's been in partnership with Catholics and Mormons and Sikhs and some Muslims and evangelicals. And um, while there's obviously a liberal secular coalition on the other side, right. um, pe- people should also realize that besides the legal details, this has actually been a bridge-building effort. Um uh, and one that that again we we will continue to work uh, uh, we will continue to work on in in the legislative advocacy to uh, to expand these programs as well. Right. You know, I I know that this is not um, exactly the same because they're really they're multi tracks also in terms of you know funding in terms of the efforts that teach and you know organizations and 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 you know other religious groups as you mentioned you know undertake and then there's the whole legal piece which is what we're discussing this morning. So I know that they don't always cross paths, but the reality is that for those who question the value of advocating for everything that we're discussing this morning, for those who wondered whether it's worth going to Washington or whether it's worth the years-long process of trying to get uh, funding from the government in a fair way to private schools the same way that they fund public schools I mean I you know I, I would say I wouldn't say the jury's out on that one I would I would say the jury's back in and it's an overwhelming decision that in fact all these efforts were really worthwhile yeah you know look you need <laughs> You need a lot of patience in this business. Yeah, um, my God. But, 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 but I, I never I never I never saw this much patience being necessary. You know, it's funny because but to highlight it I'm sorry. No, I was to gonna highlight say, it yeah. even more. To yeah. highlight it even more. I mean, the fact that um, just a couple years ago, right, when we were working on the when we were in the depths of the COVID pandemic and shutdowns and people were wondering, you know, Congress, uh, remarkably you know, acted to allocate billions and billions and billions of dollars um, to keep businesses afloat um, and the like. And we, as you know, as we discussed, like we worked on these pandemic packages to make sure that nonprofit organizations, including religious ones, would be able to get the PPP loans and be able to access these other emergency things. Um, and I'll tell you, like, it's obviously that was before the Supreme Court ruling, but, but there wasn't even like I mean, if, if that had been going on ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I, I know I would have had to have debates and answer questions 
from various senators and congressmen of like, wait a second, how do we do this? How is this constitutional? The government's going to pay salaries. Forget about math and science teachers. Effectively, the government's paying salaries of religious teachers at day schools. Like, can we do that even in an emergency? It wasn't even a question. It wasn't even a question. It wasn't even a debate. Um, and, and, and that shows how we've sort of, yes, it was an emergency situation, obviously, but you know, we've, we've shifted the law. We've right. shifted, but uh, to go to, 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 to touch on how you framed your question earlier, there has been a change in the perspective. You will still have the ACLU, you know, quoted in today's papers saying, this is absolutely terrible. It's tearing down the wall of separation of church and state and so on and so on and so forth. That they are, that, that is a much more, um, minority and isolated view than even the view of, you know, what I'll call sort of mainstream liberal Democrats. Right. Very interesting. Uh, I'll tell you, that pandemic, it, it came at an interesting time. It's not just virtual learning that would have been very different 10 years earlier, but uh, but also uh, decisions on funding would have likely, as you just pointed out, been very different 10 mm-hmm. years earlier. Very, very interesting. Uh, all right, those of you who are just tuning in, uh, the uh, the uh, Supreme Court decisions of yesterday included at least one uh, of no to our community. Uh, and as we said, the uh, OU, the Orthodox Union, really has summed it up uh, by saying this is a culmination of decades of determined advocacy and applauding the U.S. Supreme Court decision requiring school aid programs to include religious schools. Once you get into that private school category, now religious schools, according to the Supreme Court, must be uh, accommodated as well. Nathan Diamond, uh, our guest, he uh, the executive director of the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. Uh, I guess we could say mazel tov to you because I guess this is a really important step, uh, it, you know, for for a uh, situation that you've been at the forefront of uh, for so many years. So we're going to say congratulations and applaud you and your efforts the same way the OU has applauded the Supreme Court decision. Well, thank you. I'll say it's mazel tov to all of us. And and again, this uh, this uh, for those out there to again pick up on something you you said importantly uh, earlier, Nachum. This is another you know uh, motivation. I hope yeah. for for your listeners to make sure they're involved in the advocacy efforts of the OU of Teach Coalition. Um, and of other causes, frankly, that they care about for the community and for their families. Um, at, at times in which uh, there, there, there is <laughs> there is evidence that our political system, uh, uh, you know, has some problems. Right. Um, but uh, but but nonetheless, um, you know, people need to get involved, and people can get stuff done. And um, you know, it's 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 important to do. No question about it, Nathan. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Great to speak with you as always. Nathan Diamond, big Supreme Court decision yesterday. Love getting his analysis and reaction. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.